Hello everyone, it's Mark Goodick here. Welcome to the NT Pod, the podcast all about the New Testament and Christian origins. It's episode 66 and today we're going to look at the game of telephone and Christian origins. I'm always fascinated by the different ways that people teach things like oral tradition or form criticism or the way that traditions developed in the time before the Gospels were written down. And I'm particularly interested because it's one of the most difficult elements to teach in the whole business of explaining how early Christianity developed. And one of the reasons it's so difficult to teach is that it's a dark period. We just don't know anything about it. By its nature, we don't know about that period when the oral tradition was circulating. Well, We know some things, we've got clues about it, but all of our clues come in written texts. Oral tradition only survives insofar as it gets crystallised in text, and that's our problem. And it's, it's an even bigger problem because... We, as participants in a very literary society where books are everywhere, often find it quite hard to conceptualise a culture in which there isn't a great deal of writing and there are a lot of illiterate people around. So when people are trying to conceptualise how the early Christians shared oral tradition, how they passed around different traditions about Jesus, they try to employ analogies that might help explain the process. Now it's a really laudable goal and it's something I've got a lot of sympathy with and in talking to different people that teach the New Testament, it turns out that there's one really common way of doing things, which is that you use the game of telephone to try and explain how things work. Now, if you're not familiar with the game of telephone, which I think probably pretty much everyone listening will be familiar with it, but if you're not familiar with it, it's the game where you take a particular saying and in a party, you go round and each person whispers the saying that they've heard to the person sitting next to them. And gradually the saying gets corrupted, sometimes with hilarious results. So someone at the beginning will say something fairly mundane and normal. And at the end of it, it might come out sounding completely different. And it might sound perhaps even a little bit rude or a bit risque or something like that. If you're British, like me, uh, you won't know it under the name telephone. You'll know it as Chinese whispers. That's what it was called when I was at school. And I remember playing this in the in the classroom. It has to be said that the American name for it, telephone, is somewhat preferable to the British name of Chinese whispers, which could be taken as being racist, quite frankly. But this is taken as an analogy by lots of people for the way that early Christians disseminated oral tradition. So the idea is that one person with a Jesus tradition tells it to another, tells it to another, tells it to another, tells it to another, and in the process gradually the tradition degrades and changes and becomes different. I remember when I was doing my religious education, O-level as it was called in those days, back in the 1980s I suppose, it was early 1980s, I remember we actually played Chinese whispers as it was called in the class to illustrate how it was that oral tradition could change across time and how the evangelists when they finally pick up these traditions will have picked up something rather different from the way that it was when Jesus first said it. 
But I must admit that it's not something that I've ever done in the classroom myself. I haven't gone for a little game of telephone um, to, to try and illustrate how oral tradition works. And my reason for that isn't that I'm some sort of uh, spoil sport and I don't want my students to have fun, but it's because I think it's an incredibly bad analogy for the way that oral tradition probably developed and as a teaching tool it's kind of counterproductive and I think it teaches people all sorts of things that actually they'd be well it teaches people things that actually may not have been the case in early Christianity let me try and illustrate the kind of thing that I mean for one thing the game kind of implies that the the analogy of the game kind of implies that you would have started off at the beginning of the Christian movement with a fairly pure tradition, a pure Jesus tradition, that as it got repeated and repeated and repeated, gradually changed beyond recognition. And the problem with it, as part, apart from anything else, is that it's a kind of a unilinear process. It's that the tradition starts refined and great and just gradually gets worse and worse and more and more degraded. And while, of course, that may well have happened, I'm not sure that it's the kind of thing that would always have happened. I think that the process of traditioning would have been much more dynamic and interactive. So sometimes one person might tell a version of the tradition which somebody else corrects and somebody else might tell a better version of the story than another person. I mean just think of Paul who's the Christian from the early years of the movement that we know best. Paul actually travels around a great deal and we know from reading 1 Corinthians that he shares lots of this Jesus traditional material like say the uh, the first Eucharistic story or the saying on divorce and so on and when he says these things he I mean who's to say that uh, when he then came across Peter, because we know that he met Peter in his travels, who's to say that Peter didn't say, oh, no, no, actually, Paul, I think it was a little bit like this, or I think it was a little bit like that. And there would have been a process of interaction going on. I mean, I don't know if it, that's exactly how it worked, but the Chinese whispers stroke telephone idea doesn't quite grasp some of those interactive possibilities by by always having it as something that's going in one direction, as only one direction of traffic. And there's a related issue there as well, which is that, as I remember it, playing it as a child, you would always get that smart Alec kid that deliberately changes the message that they're getting in the game of telephone, just to try and be clever or to try and be funny. So they're deliberately warping it. And that itself is a very interesting thing to ask about early Christianity. Is that a good analogy for the way that the passing on of Christian tradition worked. Did they actually deliberately corrupt things in order to have a laugh? Well, obviously they didn't do it to have a laugh, but did they deliberately corrupt things without at least trying to remain faithful to the traditions that they'd heard? I don't know, but I think that element within the game is, is itself a problematic aspect of the analogy. I think I'd also want to say that there's a sort of sense when you use that kind of analogy, where you imagine the process of passing on oral tradition as if it goes from person A to person B to person C to person D to person E and so on. And really life isn't like that. 
And traditions, I'm sure, would have been shared in communal context, in congregational sort of context, within sermons, within people thinking about biblical study, within people reflecting on the scriptures. And that isn't just speculation, because we know, again, from looking at Paul, that a lot of his sharing of tradition takes place, by definition, in letters that he's writing to multiple people. So he's giving us examples of Jesus' tradition, which he's telling to lots of people. So again, the telephone analogy just doesn't work there. But none of these things are the greatest problem with the whole analogy. And I think one of the biggest problems with it is that it gives students the impression, inadvertently, no doubt, but it gives students the impression, if you're not careful, that the differences between the Gospels are things that are all brought about by variant versions of oral traditions. And the thing is, that is intuitive to lots of students because it's intuitive to the popular mind. The idea that we've got four Gospels because they're four kind of independent witnesses to a traditioning process. So people might imagine that the reason that Matthew is a little bit different from Mark and Mark is a bit different from Luke is because they are each giving you their own particular tradition stream. But the thing which we need to press more than anything else is the much less intuitive notion to most students that the synoptic gospels, especially Matthew, Mark and Luke, are related at the literary level. The, the kind of verbatim agreement that you see between Matthew, Mark and Luke witnesses I would say, to very, very close copying at points. I don't necessarily mean that they sat down at the desk and with their eyes copied it word for word. Sometimes it would have been through the ear, sometimes it would have been through the memory. But nevertheless, it is still direct contact between texts. That's one of the things which I think is hardest to convey to students, not least because in our culture we condemn plagiarism. We, we say that plagiarism is a bad thing. You're not allowed to copy out of something else. Whereas we can easily imagine our way into the idea of independent police reports of the same incident, where there isn't any kind of literary uh, connection between the different reports. So I think what tends to happen, if you stress analogies like the telephone game, you you end up inadvertently suggesting, maybe even directly suggesting if you're not careful, you end up suggesting that, that you've got this these, these multiple gospel traditions because in those multiple gospel traditions you've got independent tradition streams that have come down different sort of uh, streams of tradition and that I think isn't a great way to introduce students to the varieties in the synoptics, varieties of the stuff there. So I generally avoid the use of this analogy and I'm kind of curious to find out that so many people do use it and maybe it's just because, you know, sometimes in the classroom we want to have a bit of fun, we can't make it all just dry chatting about text and all the rest of it. But um, I just want to register formally that I think that this is a really poor analogy for the way that the Gospels developed and there must be better ways of thinking about the problem. And I suppose it's a topic that we should 
definitely be exploring in future episodes of the NT Pod. Uh, speaking of which, I should say, it's been far too long since the last episode, hasn't it? Uh, my apologies for that. Sometimes life just kind of takes over, but I really miss doing the NT Pod when I'm not, not doing it. And so I hope that it's not another several months before the next episode. We'll try and bring another one along as soon as possible. But thanks for listening to this latest episode of the NT Pod. You can find me on the web at podacre.blogspot.com or pop over to Duke University's iTunes U. Go to regular iTunes, find the Facebook page for NT Pod, or just Google for NT Pod or for Mark Podacre. Thanks again for listening. Hope to be back again soon. Bye bye. <laughs>